0: It's Plan B with Rebecca Davis, and uh, Rebecca, good afternoon. Do you, does Miles get excited about rainbows?
1: Very much so, but he thinks they're called rainbones, which is I suppose <laughs> quite sweet, isn't it? Almost different good coloured rainbows.
0: bones. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, have you seen a full circle rainbow?
1: I've actually just been sent a number of pictures. Apparently they're all over the show today in town and in seapoint.
0: There we go. On to, um, shall I call it more serious and perhaps less interesting? No, more serious mm. and just as interesting stuff. Um, we've, we've now got, I think, a total of 34, 35 arrests of people who are going to be accused in court of in some way encouraging riots and destruction to property and theft and so on during July last year in KwaZulu Natal and Gauteng.
1: That's right. And obviously, there are some notable omissions among them, the offspring of former President Jacob Zuma so far. But it is interesting, John, going through who these people are, these, I count, I think, 34 alleged insurrectionists arrested so far. The first thing, John, is the remarkable consistency in the ages of the people arrested, which is to say they are all pretty much around my age, which is... Forty. They're in their thirties and forties. The oldest I've seen is fifty-one. The youngest is twenty-nine. But the average age is around forty, which is pretty significant to me. So these are people who were in their teenage years during the transition to democracy. They're too young to have played an active role in the struggle. They're not born free. They're this generation in between who maybe had more of a consciousness due to the age of the changing of the regime, who maybe had more expectations that have since been unmet. But I think that age cohort is really significant. The other thing that's interesting is that a significant number of them have jobs and not all menial jobs either. We're talking teacher. We're talking doctor. We're talking hospital manager. We're talking banker a significant number of them have tertiary educations you know i've seen a, a tax diploma i've seen a varsity college qualification so don't, these are not the poorest of the poor neither are they the most desperate and underprivileged of our country a country in which by some estimates there are up to 40% people unemployed. And neither are they the desperate youth who are frequently told is South Africa's demographic powder cake, right? The EFF always expresses particular concern about these disaffected youth who don't have jobs, who may not have education sitting around. They're not the ones, apparently, who are, you know, fomenting revolt or weren't last year. So the other thing that strikes me as well, John, is that if it is true that these were the people who were in part responsible for inspiring people to go and uh, revolt, to loot last year, this was in no way a kind of spontaneous uprising of the poor, of the most desperate of our country. You know, there's been this attempt by some of the people on the left in this country to paint what happened last year as the food riots to to suggest that this was, you know, this kind of spontaneous Uh, assault on capitalism, that this is the crisis of capitalism, that really does not seem to be the case. These are people who, by some measurements, would be considered actually middle class, or at least aspirant middle class, who are driven by reasons we still don't know. But from what I've seen, some of them certainly were motivated by uh, political um, loyalty towards the former president, Jacob Zuma. But it is interesting, John, that to, to think about what it means that these are the kind of people who are accused of having instigated you know the worst sequence of public violence that we 've seen in this country in the democratic era
0: yeah, it is, and I'm, I'm, uh, i hadn 't given any thought to the age range of those arrested because i hadn 't sort of drilled down into that level of detail, but it is it, it really is a fascinating way to frame a discussion about it. And uh, from from that to the U.S. Centre for Disease Control, uh, the way they handled the coronavirus pandemic has been reviewed. What was the result of the review and how might a similar review for our South African response be concluded, do you think?
1: So the CDC, which was, of course, responsible in large part for shaping U.S. health policy around the coronavirus pandemic, The the, um, handling has been reviewed, and the full review hasn't been released yet, but uh, the director of the CDC has said in the New York Times this week that the public guidance given by the centre was confusing and overwhelming, and also that it's bent to political pressure from Donald Trump and the White House. It did get me thinking, though, that perhaps we are now at a point, not that COVID-19 is over, but it is perhaps sufficiently receding as an active threat us to start thinking about how South Africa's government and how its department, our Department of Health dealt with the pandemic. I have to say, Don, that when I consider it, I think our handling was pretty good. And, you know, in some ways, the, the bar is quite low when we look at countries like the US, even when we look at the UK, et cetera. And also that we have to allow for a certain amount of, you know, just a kind of, we were given that this was such an unknown threat that there was nobody in the world who had ever experienced this particular disease before. And people were, even the most you know, elite scientific minds, were kind of making up policy on the fly. Given all that, I think we did pretty well. A low point, perhaps, those level four regulations introduced in May last year, which, to remind you, included those incredibly arbitrary restrictions on what clothes could be sold. Remember, um, T-shirts, for instance, were prohibited to be sold in shops, but crop buttons were allowed. So there were, you know, these kind of bureaucratic issues to do with the passing down of lockdown regulations. We also now know that there was no need to be so draconian about access to public space, to beaches, to parks, etc., given the... Um, small risk, relatively speaking, of the coronavirus being passed outside. But again, they didn't know that at the time. There was no certainty about that at the time. We know perhaps now that lockdown went on too long. And that towards the end, I think communication from the president in terms of his family meetings tapered off too soon, leaving everyone kind of in the state of growing discontent and frustration and confusion about what was happening. From my perspective, John, I think that one of the most interesting questions is, the lessons that we're going to take forward for the next crisis of this nature, of which there certainly will be one. And in particular, whether, for instance, the lockdown restrictions that were introduced in the West initially are appropriate for, for instance, high density township situations. Does it make sense for us to replicate those kind of measures here and are there ways that we can do it more effectively, there will be another pandemic. We know that. And it would be reassuring to learn that our authorities have taken lessons from this one, I think.
0: And uh, then, uh, Rebecca, um, Rebecca, as advice guru, your top tip <laughs> if one's worried about one's monthly budget not stretching far enough?
1: So, interestingly the UK last month saw record numbers of people drawing cash. And that is because it's believed that drawing cash is a fantastic way of managing your budget in a more direct and effective, and, and, and effective method. And I must give a shout out here to my wife, who is a major proponent of this scheme, that when you are on a tight budget and you feel like you're losing control a bit over your spending, which I think many of us are feeling at the moment where our money just is not going as far as it used to even a year ago, draw the money that you have from the bank, have it in front of you and be forced to give it to someone in exchange for goods. Because a lot of research has shown that we feel the pain of paying a lot more when it's in cash rather than just a swipe of a card. So on TikTok, you'll also see these videos at the moment where people withdraw their entire salaries at the beginning of the month and then they stuff the amounts they allocate for various things in their life, school fees, food, etc., into various envelopes. I'm not sure we should be endorsing this practice in South Africa, particularly the thought of people withdrawing salaries from an ATM seems extremely frightening. And particularly
0: the cost of withdrawing cash from banks. Um, It
1: it is true. I find on, you know, tech companies love to give you frictionless experiences. So I have a frictionless experience when it comes to buying books, for instance, on my Kindle, because my card is loaded and with literally one click, not a, a CVC number, nothing of that, I can just buy a book. I need more friction in my payment. John, we all need a lot more friction when it comes to paying
0: and uh, you need to correct something that you told me last week or john, give us an upgrade uh, I, I
1: do i need you to, to update you last week i told you the whole of Cape Town, in fact that if you were stuck at the waterfront and you didn't have your card or cash to pay for parking you could simply scan the barcode on your parking ticket and that would allow you to do it now john when i said that i have to admit i had not tried it as such I had just seen a number of videos suggesting that this was possible so I found myself on Saturday after taking miles to the aquarium at the waterfront in that exact position I thought here we go and I tried to scan and it (laughs) didn't in fact work but the reason was I was using the scan function on my banking app on my net bank app and I now understand that you have to use the actual snap scan app in order to scan the barcode but if you do that then the advice still holds
0: Thank you very much, Rebecca. Please come up with more between now and then. Another Plan B with Rebecca Davis next Thursday.